welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. I'm going to read from Romans chapter 4, and then I'm going to pray over tonight. So if you have a Bible with you, you can open it and look just to make sure that I'm not making these things up. You can follow along with me. Romans chapter 4, starting at verse 1, says, Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scripture tells us, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Father, we thank you for our time here tonight in your presence. God, I thank you that you are going to continue to speak and move. Father, I ask right now that you put your words in my heart and my mouth, and I only say the things that you want me to say. Father, I pray that we are hearing your words tonight, that your words find a home in our heart and cause us to grow and to change and be transformed more into your image, helping us to be people who reflect your goodness, your glory, and your love everywhere we go. Father, we thank you for your sweet, precious spirit. God, we thank you that you fill this place tonight with your love and your aroma. In Jesus' name, we all said amen, amen, amen. amen. Go ahead and sit down. Um, That's as far as we're going to get into Romans tonight because we're going to pick up on this theme of faith that Paul is addressing right here. And he says again, at the end of verse 3, Abraham believed God and counted, and God counted him righteous because of his faith. And I want to remind you that the word righteous basically means in right standing with God, in right account with God, that there's no debt owing. And it says that God counted Abraham righteous because of his faith. Me and Jen were driving around yesterday. Um, Jen likes to go on drives. And so we go out for drives, and we go drive around. And what she really likes to do, if you ever want to, like, find your way to Jen's heart, you go buy a cheeseburger and then go on a drive. That's what Jen really loves, getting a cheeseburger and going on a drive. <laughs> yeah, don't just tempt her with a cheeseburger in the car. She's got to eat it. So we go get cheeseburgers once in a while, and we'll go for a drive. And so last night we were driving, and Jen was just talking about all these things that are on her heart. And um, she said this. She said, uh, I don't think it's ever going to be easy again. I don't think life's ever going to be easy again. After a cheeseburger, for sure. But in the the broader context, you know, compared to the last two years, maybe five years ago seemed a whole lot easier, didn't it? Maybe 10 years ago seemed a whole lot easier. Sure, there was things that, um, we, we all have to walk through, we've all got to deal with, we've got, we ought to figure our ways through them. But something has seemed to shift in the last two years, and it seems to be one thing after another. You know, you, we were talking about, Gene and Jeff and me and Reese were talking about this standing outside before church started, and the news has been talking about six months ago, BC had the hottest day in like the last, whatever, 100 years. And now, now we're talking about the atmospheric river that we had, and it brought the most rainfall that we've had in the last 100 years. And so 
it seems like there was COVID, and then there was all the, the racial unrest, and there was all the rioting, and then there was the heat dome where people were dying because of the heat, the extreme heat, and then we got through that, and then we were back to COVID again, and the, the, the new variant, and then the variant kind of faded away because this week we've had the floods that have come out of nowhere, and it seems like, if you pay attention, it seems like there's one thing after another. Like, you get through one thing, you kind of get it behind you, and then suddenly there's something else that pops up. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so we were talking about this sort of in the car last night, and Jen said, I don't think it's ever going to be easy again. And I thought it was perfect timing to begin to look at this scripture, talking about faith. Because, listen to me, moving ahead into the future, you're going to have to live by faith like never before. Now maybe some of you older people here are saying, oh, well, Jake, we've had to live by faith for a long time. Yep. I know you have. And we're going to have to continue to live by faith even more. Alyssa, in the days ahead, as you grow up, you're not going to be able to rest on your mom and dad's faith. Uh, you're not going to be able to say, well, I'm going to let my mom and dad pray and believe God for me for this. You're going to have to learn how to trust God yourself. You're going to have to live in your own faith. You know, being a pastor, one of the things you get a lot is people calling or nowadays texting you and saying, can you pray for this? And it's not that they want you to join them in faith, believing God for it. What they want you to do is pray to God for them. And you take care of this for me. You're a preacher. You're a pastor. So what I'm going to do is instead of using my faith in my circumstances, I want you to use your faith for my circumstances. And listen, I want to tell you, as a pastor, I am more than happy to pray and intercede on anybody's behalf. That's what we're here to do. But listen, when it comes to your life and your circumstances, the best person to pray and put your faith in God is you. So, I know all you older people know this. I know you're all faith generals, okay? But we got a whole generation of people raising up that need to learn what faith is, why they need to have to have it, and how they have to apply it to their life. So we were talking about how life is getting hard, and it's probably going to be hard for a whole lot longer as we go. There's probably going to be a whole lot more time and chances and opportunities for you to grow in faith. You know, if you take a cursory glance at the Bible which I hope you all do often. We all read our Bibles in this place, don't we? You can't help but see that God requires his people to have faith in him all the time. And it's interesting, Paul is addressing the Romans here. We're working our way through the book of Romans, and Paul's addressing the Romans, and he says, let's talk about Abraham, who is the father of our Jewish heritage. And he says that God counted Abraham righteous because of his faith. Let's talk about what faith is. Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Okay? Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews talks a lot about faith. And in Hebrews chapter 11, it says this. Faith is... Well, that's really spaced apart, hey? Faith is the confidence 
that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. I got another translation for you. In the NIV it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Hang on, there's more. In the New King James, it says, Faith is, and I like this word, the substance. The substance. Something that has substance is something that has weight. You can hold it. You can feel it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hang on, there's more. Uh Uh-huh. This is obviously the amplified because it doesn't fit on one screen. It says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, or the confirmation of things hoped for divinely guaranteed and the evidence of things not seen the conviction of the reality faith comprehends as a fact what cannot be wait for it oh no oh you know what it's you got to scroll down hang on i'm going to read it to you off my electronic device please hold yeah i i know How do I not have every translation memorized? (laughs) Uh, You know what? Hang on. No. You do not have to forgive me because I'm going to read this to you. You need to hear the rest of this amplified. Hang on a second. Hebrews 11, 1. If you don't have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone... I don't know what you're even doing. You need the version Bible. <clears throat> now, faith is the, insur- the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of the reality. Faith comprehends as a fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Can we read that again? Because you need to let that get down in your heart. Faith is the assurance, the title deed, or the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of the reality. Faith comprehends as a fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Isn't that good? Well, I thought it was really good. Apparently, I thought it was better than you all did. All right, let's read one more. I think we have the Passion Translation here. It says, Faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Can I read to you the definition of faith in Webster's 1828 Dictionary? Would you like to hear that? You're going to want to hear it because here's what Webster in 1828 said faith is. He said faith is belief. It is the assent of the mind to the truth of what is declared by another, resting on his authority and veracity without other evidence. The judgment that what another states or testifies is the truth. Are you picking up what faith is here? Are you beginning to understand what faith is? Are you hearing this? 
Faith is a belief in something that you can't prove that causes you to move into some kind of action. You can't see it. You can't prove this for yourself through your five senses like the Amplified Translation says. But what it does is faith causes you to move into action. You don't just stay put. The Bible says that by faith, God accounted Moses or Abraham as righteous. What is it talking about? When it says that it accounted him as righteous, what was he talking about? Well, that's such a great question. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12 together and look at this. Genesis chapter 12, and I've got the New Living Translation. That was her version of preach on. <laughs> preach on, Pastor. Genesis chapter 12. So Paul is writing to the Romans and he says that um, Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. And that actually comes from Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. And if you look at Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, it jumps in to the middle of a story of faith. You know, you use faith every day in your life. You used faith to sit down on that chair. You used faith to drive here tonight. Every time you get in your car, you have this unspoken faith going on in the background that you're going to get to your destination that your car will work, that it won't run out of gas, that you're not going to get hit by somebody else and get in a car accident. You are using faith in every day. In fact, you use faith when you go to the gas station because guess what? Most of you, maybe some of you can because you're bad at this, maybe, but most people don't see the gas they put in their car, do they? Unless you're really bad at filling your car up with gas. And I did recently see somebody very bad getting gas at Costco. But you pick up this handle off a gas pump and you put this handle in your car and pull it up and something begins to happen. Numbers begin going up. It's costing you money, more and more money these days. But you don't see the actual thing taking place, do you? And then you get in your car and you turn your car up and then the needle goes up and says, guess what? You just got gas. But you haven't experienced, you haven't used it, you haven't seen it for yourself. You're just trusting that this isn't some great big scam. Right? You can smell it. But you don't see it. We, we use faith all through our life. In Genesis chapter 12 is a story of faith that moved Abraham to action. Genesis chapter 12, the Lord shows up and he begins talking to Abram. And this is before his name was Abraham, it was Abram. It says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, your families, your father's family, and go to a land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, 
I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. In fact, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Wouldn't you love to have the Lord show up and say that to you? Well, actually, would you love? Because it doesn't, it doesn't just, the Lord doesn't just show up and say, hey, I'm going to bless you, and all the nations of the world are going to be blessed through you. He starts off by saying, I want you to do something. I want you to leave everything you've known. I want you to leave your family. And listen, this was at least five years before texting was invented. At least, maybe as many as eight years before text came on the scene. Back then, when you left, you left. And there was a good chance you wouldn't see your family again. There was a good chance you'd never encounter those people again. When you moved far away, you moved far away and you said goodbye. And the Lord shows up and he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to leave everything you know. I want you to leave your comfort zone. I want you to leave your safety zone. I want you to leave your little bubble, your cushion of protection. I want you to get outside of that and I want you to go far away. And in fact, the Lord doesn't even tell him where he wants him to go. He didn't even say to him, hey, Cherokee, I want you to move to Zimbabwe. He says, Cherokee, Johnny, I want you to move. But, I, but I'm not going to tell you where I want you to move to. I just want you to get ready to move. And as you begin to move, then I'll begin to tell you where I want you to go. How many of you would like to have that kind of conversation with the Lord? Marco would. Tanner would. The Lord shows up in his life and he says, I want you to step out in faith. I want you to step out and trust me. And if you do this, if you trust me, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bring this into your life. All the world, all the nations will be blessed because of you. But it starts with a trusting in the Lord. It starts with faith. And look here at verse number four. It says, so Abraham... What's that next word say? Are you sure about that? Cherokee. What does it say? Verse 4. You don't have it? There you go. So Abraham. My goodness. He left. He got up and went, didn't he? The Lord said, let's look at verse 1 again. The Lord said to Abraham, leave. Leave. Go. I want you to get up and get out of where you're at, what you're doing, your comfort and your safety place, where it's so comfortable. You got everything you want. You got everything set up just the way you like it. You got your little lambs over here. You got your sheep, and nobody's going to come mess with your stuff. You got everything just. Isn't that how the Lord works? Just when you have everything perfect the way that you want it, and nobody's going to mess with you. It took me my whole life to get everything organized. And Jesus, no, don't tell me to go now because everything is just right and it's almost when it seems like it's almost when you get everything just the way you want it that the lord shows up and says i want to talk to you about something <laughs> oh really though what do you what do you want to talk about guess what 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 do you want to say to me lord i want you to go like down the street like the like grocery store? Like what? I want you to go far away. 
And I'm not going to tell you where. I'll tell you when you're on the road. When you're in the car driving, I'll tell you where to go. You know, if you go through the Bible, I said this at the beginning, if you go through the Word of God, you will see that this is how the Lord interacts with many of His people, with many of His children. I want you to trust me. I want you to have faith in me. Let's go on a journey together. I'm not going to give you step-by-step instructions. I'm not going to lay it all out at the very beginning. I want you just to come and trust me. And that's why in Romans chapter 4 it says that, that Abraham, that God counted it to Abram as righteous because of his faith. Because what did Webster, we put Webster back up there? Let's look at what good old Miriam said again about what faith is. Faith is belief. That's, that's, that's Strong's. Okay. It's the ascent of the mind to the truth of what is declared by another, resting on his authority and veracity without any other evidence. The judgment that what another states or testifies is the truth. So when the Lord showed up and spoke to Abram and said, this is what I want to do to you, what did he say? He said, I want you to go, get out of here, leave everybody behind, pack up your stuff and go, and I'm going to show you where we're going to go on the way. And then he says, I'll make you into a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make you famous, and you'll be a blessing to others. I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Do you know how long it took for Abram to see this promise to come to pass in his life? 25 years. Bible goes on and says right here that Abram was 75 years old when the Lord came and said this to him. 75, pet 75. Exactly. <laughs> So let's, let's think about this logically for a second, practically. Yeah, okay, I know, people lived longer back then, and so were they, were 75 back then the same as 75? I don't know. But let's just use Pat as an example. Pat's 75, and the Lord shows up at 75 years old and says, hey, <laughs> guess what, Pat? I got something for you. 75 years old. And then he doesn't see the promise come to pass in his life until Isaac is born, and that's 25 years later, Pat's 100 years old at that point. Abram's 100 years old at that point when he sees the promise fulfilled. I don't know if you guys are doing fast math in your head, but that's 25% of his life. Most of us don't want to wait 0.000025% of our life for God to move, for our faith to work for us to be trusting God and to see him show up and show out in our life. 25% of Abraham's life, he was trusting in God. He had faith in God. God said, let's go. I want you to move. Abram said, okay, I'll do it. And here's where the faith kicked in. And that faith kicked in, causing him, calling him righteous because he trusted who God said he was. Let me tell you, you're like, why are you talking about Abram slash Abraham and having his faith? Because if Abram slash Abraham needed faith, so do you. 
Because there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And you're going to have to use faith in your life. And you're going to have to trust God that he is who he says he is. That he is who he says he is to you. And even though it might take a year, it might take two years, it might take three years, it might take four years, it might take ten years, it might take twenty years. Listen, Caleb had to go march around the mountain forty years before he got the land that God promised him, didn't he? God does not exist on your time schedule. What you have to do is get on God's time schedule and begin to trust who he says he is based off the fact that his word is true. Genesis 12.1 verse 4 says that Abram packs up stuff and begins to go on a journey. And you see over and over again and 11 years later, I think in Genesis 15, you see that Abram tries to take things into his own hands. And he has, he's got a, um, Sarah has a servant who he goes and sleeps with and has a baby named Ishmael with. And he's trying to take God's promise into his own hands. But that wasn't God's plan for him. That wasn't God's purpose for him. And you find out finally like in Genesis chapter 21, 25 years later, he has this baby. The faith baby. The promise that moved him from everything that he knew, where everything that he lived, where everything was normal, where everything was safe, when God showed up in his life and disrupted everything and said, this is what I want from you. I want you to step out in faith. I want you to trust me implicitly. Let's go on a journey together. See, I was talking about how life probably isn't ever going to be easy ever again. And that means that moving forward, you're going to have to begin to trust God. That you're going to have to believe who he says he is. That his word is true. That even though it might not look clear, you might understand what's happening. If you read those next few chapters, there's all kinds of crazy stuff that goes on. Just like yours and mine life. But you've got to trust God and watch and see what happens. Finally, in chapter, I think, 21, Isaac is born. Finally, 25 years later, the promise, what God has promised, Abraham's finally seeing some fruit to the promise that God gave him. And what is the next thing, the next chapter? Well, chapter 22, obviously. And in chapter 22, or maybe it's chapter 21, is where God says, hey, remember that son you have? God shows up. Hey, man, I want to talk to you. Oh, yeah, what are you going to talk about? I want you to go on another walk. Oh, cool. Down the street? Going to the store? Where are we going this time? I want you to go to this mountain over here. Come visit me. Okay. I also uh, want you to bring your son with you. Okay. I want you to sacrifice your son. Could you imagine... Could you imagine the thoughts and the emotions and the feelings that Abraham had to process through of having God give him a promise 25 years earlier that, that Abraham trusted and believed and moved his entire world, got up, packed up, left, left everything he knew and began a whole new life. Finally, the promise begins to bear some fruit. Finally, Abraham begins to see what God 
said was going to happen begins to happen in his life. And in that moment, God shows up again and says, I want something from you. And this is why Paul is saying to the Romans that Abraham was counted to God as righteous because of his faith. Because Abraham trusted who God said he was. And the Bible says, halfway down chapter 11 in Hebrews, it basically says that Abraham counted his son dead, but he knew that even if his son was dead, that God would raise him from the dead. Let's read that so we can read it together. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11 if you can with me. I hope I'm doing a good job of communicating this. And I, ho I hope you're understanding it. And it's not just... <laughs> it's important that we begin to walk lives of faith. It's important that you begin to take ownership of your own faith walk with the Lord. That you begin to trust him. That when he begins to speak to you, that you hear and obey. The blessing is always found in the obedience. You can't expect God to bless you if you're disobeying what he said for you to do. So many times, listen, you're like, you're a kid. Well, actually, I'm almost 45, which is basically 50 years old. <laughs> if you round up. <laughs> so I have been around for a while. And we've been in the ministry for over 20 years. And so many times we've had conversations with people who have disobeyed what God said for them to do and are confused about why life is not working the way they hope and wish it was. It's because God cannot bless disobedience. The blessing is always in the obedience. That's why Abraham was counted again as righteous, because he obeyed what the Lord asked of him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17, it says, It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who received God's promise, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned, and that's important, Abraham reasoned, Abraham said to himself, Abraham thought to himself, Abraham processed through his emotions and his feelings and got to the place where he reasoned with himself and he said this, if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Well, that's an interesting phrase. 
What do you think that means? I'll tell you exactly what it means. It means that Abraham was so prepared to follow through with what God had said that he was going to go up to that mountain. In Abraham's mind and heart, he believed that his son was already dead. But even if his son, even if he follows through, you know the story. Abraham gets his hand in the air with the knife and he's about to stab his son. And what happens? The angel of the Lord cries out and says, stop, now I know you trust me. Here's a ram. You can sacrifice the ram. And so he says, in his heart, Abraham had already given his son up. He'd already sacrificed him, knowing that even if that did happen, even if he followed through with it, that God would raise his son from the dead. Why? Because he was the promise that God had given Abraham. Faith is trusting God is who he says he is without experiencing it with your five senses, but knowing that he know that you know that you know that this is who God is. And when God speaks to you, even though you haven't seen things take place, even though it looks confusing and frustrating and hard, and even if you don't have all the answers, you still trust God, and it causes you to get up and move to action. Faith in God is what we're called to have. Trusting Him on a daily basis. So when you find yourself in the middle of a flood, so when you find yourself in the middle of a terrible marriage, so when you find yourself dealing with kids that you don't know what's happening to them, you don't know why they're acting the way they are, when you find yourself in the middle of any number of other circumstances, you can begin to say, I'm going to trust God that God is true, that he is real, that he is life. And so if he said this about my X, Y, and Z, I'm going to trust him. And even though it doesn't look like it's going to work out that way, even though in the natural, I don't understand why this is going on, I'm still going to trust God. I'm still going to trust that God is good. I'm still going to trust that he's thinking about me. I'm still going to trust that he's got good plans. And he's, the things that he said to me, how many times do you think that Abraham had to encourage himself in the Lord over and over and over again? How many times do you think Abraham had to remind himself? And in fact, if you go through that story, the Lord himself showed up numerous times to take Abraham. Come outside, Abraham. I want to show you something. You see all those stars outside, Abraham? That's how many stars. Look at them all. Count them all. Can you count all those stars? Can you count all those stars up there, Abraham? Because that's how many kids you're going to have. Abraham, can you count the sand? In the dirt down here, can you count? Can you pick it up in your hand? Can you begin to count all these grains of sand that you have? Because let me tell you, that's what your descendants are going to be like. And I want to tell you today, after I close this door, well, we'll fix it. I want to tell you today that the Lord is speaking to you. We'll fix it. Don't worry just a door that the Lord wants you to trust in him that the Lord wants you to have faith in him that he wants your faith in him to be restored or maybe in some of your cases the Lord wants your faith in him to be activated where you begin to trust in him 
where you begin to take ownership and say, God, I'm taking ownership for my own life. I'm taking ownership for my own faith, for my own relationship, where I'm going to put my trust in you. I'm not going to put my trust in my parents. I'm not going to put my trust in my job. I'm not going to put my trust in my spouse. I'm going to put my faith and my trust squarely in you. Amen? Stand up with me. I want to pray for you tonight. And I want to pray that if you're in a place where you're, where you're, maybe you've let the promises of God go in your life. Or maybe you've let the things that the Lord has spoken to you about, you know, they took too long. And they were too hard. And there was too many other things weighing on you and causing you to focus on them. I just want to take a few minutes and refocus our faith on him. Where we begin to put our trust in him again. Where he begins to talk to us and say, hey, listen, let me talk to you about this area of your life. Let me talk to you about this dream that you've let go. Let me talk to you about this thing that I said to you that you're no longer hanging on to because you've lost your faith. God is wanting to restore some faith that has been let go. God is wanting to restore those dreams inside that have been let go because of circumstances, because of hurts, because of pains, because of wounds. God is wanting to restore those things. So why don't you close your eyes with me? And if you're here tonight and you've let go of the dreams and the things the Lord has talked to you about, if you've let the circumstances talk louder to you than what God said to you, I want you just to lift your hands up. And and on your own, I want you just to talk to the Lord and say, God, God, restore my faith. Rebuild my faith. God, show me in my life where I let go of your promise, where I let go of those things. And God, help me to grab onto those things again. Help me to follow you again. Father, I thank you right now. God, I thank you that you are pointing things out. That by your spirit right now, that you are reaching into our lives, that you are reaching into our hearts, and that you are showing us the areas where we have let go, where we have put things aside, where we've put things on the ground, where there were dreams that you placed inside of us, where there are things that you told us to do and we chose not to step out and obey. We chose to draw back because we were afraid of what was gonna happen. We were afraid of what we were gonna lose. We were, gonna, we were afraid of what we were gonna leave behind. God, I pray and I ask right now that you are showing those things to us right now. And Father, I thank you. I ask right now in your son's name. That you help us to pick those things back up. To pick up those things that you've spoken to us. 
to hear your voice, that you give us the strength to step out and walk and follow you, even though, God, we don't know maybe where you're taking us, but I thank you that we can begin to walk again on this journey with you. Father, I thank you that you are guiding us, that you are leading us, that you are restoring those things that have been lost. Thank you, Father, for your spirit. In Jesus' name. And I just want to read a scripture to add to that. Hebrews 10, right before where you were reading. Uh, Hebrews 10, 36, for you have need of endurance so that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what is promised for yet in a little while and the time is coming. The coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. I love this verse, but we are not of those who shrink back and destroyed but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. How many of you have been feeling a little tired this season, just feeling a little weary? Just lift your hands up to Jesus tonight. You're feeling a little discouraged. You're feeling a little down. You're just like, where are you, God? You know when King David said that, like, where are you, God? Where are you? See, in the Bible it says in Hebrews that Sarah needed strength to conceive. And for us to really catch this message tonight, we need strength. We need strength, not our own strength. We need supernatural strength. In worship, the Lord brought up Isaiah. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. So if you're feeling weary tonight, just lift your hands to Jesus tonight. If you're just a little bit wondering, feeling a little bit of doubt, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. God doesn't cast us out when we doubt. He says, hey, even when you're faithful or faithless, I will be faithful. So, Father, we lift up our hands in your presence tonight. God, I thank you that we are not of those who draw back. We are not of those who shrink. We are not of those who run away, Lord Jesus. But I thank you that you are increasing strength tonight into your sons. You are increasing strength tonight into your daughters. You're increasing strength tonight into families who have been having to deal with a lot, job loss, sickness, COVID, family issues, disease, incurable diseases where man is saying there's no healing but God is saying tonight I'm going to heal you of all your diseases I am Jehovah Jireh your provider I'm Jehovah Rapha the Lord your physician I am your shepherd I am your banner I am your righteousness Father we lift up our hands tonight in faith in faith in faith in faith Father when we don't know what to do we lift our eyes to you, God, to the hills from where our help comes from. Our help comes from the maker of heaven and earth. Have you not known and have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, 
the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up their wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I believe it's in the Amplified. It says they shall rise higher and higher like an edifice. They shall rise high. Who wants to rise higher tonight? I want to rise higher. I want to rise higher in this season. I want to be found righteous with God like Abraham. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.